Hello, I'm Kathy. And I'm Gary. And this is Torah Talk. Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Welcome back, everyone. You know, I just want to thank you for taking your time to listen to what we have to say. (laughs) You know, I know your time's valuable, and you can choose to spend it any way you want, but you decided to spend some time with us, and for that, we are very grateful. Yes, we are. We promise you from the beginning, we promise that we would have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics. And I think we've kept our word on that promise. You know, for too long, the church has chosen to stay out of politics and culture. And I can tell you that Satan is thrilled that we have chosen to self-censor, so to speak. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that point, Kathy. I've watched that over the years as as uh, pastors, churches have worried about their tax-exempt status and other things while Satan has been you know, running amok in this country and doing all that he uh, has done to, to bring us to the place that we're in today. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not what God wants for us to keep silent on these things. You know, our faith doesn't start and stop on one morning of one day of the week. Our faith is a journey, a way of life. In a Hebraic mindset, there's no separation of church and state. And honestly, the founders of our country did not intend that there be a separation of church and state in the way that we've come to understand it today. Their idea of separation of church and state was that there would be no state religion like the Church of England. Simple. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we've got a wrong interpretation of that. They didn't intend for the, uh, the day-to-day operations of the government to be void of discussions of faith, void of people of faith, or void of God. No, it was never their intention. You know, in fact, John Adams said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I absolutely love that quote. I think he nailed it. I believe this quote is true and and prophetic, and it exposes why D.C. is broken today. It really does. Yes, I I think he was quite prescient in that. Well, he understood it in his day too. Mm -hmm. You know, these the issues aren't new. They are not new. You know, the politics, the culture. um, You know, Satan's attempts to derail us, turn our attention from God. None of that's new. Mm -hmm. And and John Adams knew that. Our founders understood that. So you know, today we're going to jump squarely into a current political topic that has extreme implications for each of our lives. We're going to talk about the implementation of some. Something called the Great Reset. Now, this will be a two-part series, with the first part being mostly current topics in the news. We'll bring you up to speed on what's going on at the national and international level that stands to impact you and your family's daily lives. In fact, it already has impacted you. Mm. You just may not have known what it was called or exactly how it was happening or why. Today's topic is the Great Reset. In part two of this series, we will be discussing the Great Restoration, the spiritual aspects of all that's going on in the world. One of my Torah teachers always called this the reality of duality. There's always a spiritual aspect of all that's happening in the physical world. I think you're going to find this entire discussion fascinating because it will help you really understand some of the craziness in the world today. So after this break, let's talk the Great Reset and let's talk Torah. Long ago, God declared his redemptive plans for the world he created. Unfortunately, most people have ignored these plans. Now, as the end draws near, believers and non-believers are being irresistibly drawn to the celebration of the biblical feasts which outline God's plan of redemption for mankind and the world. If you found yourself curious about the biblical feasts and you want to know how and why Christians celebrate these holidays, read Declaring the End from the Beginning, Our Past and Future Revealed in the Biblical Feasts. In this book, author Kathy Martirosian delves into the history and culture surrounding the biblical feast days of ancient Israel, as well as how Yeshua, our Messiah, 
has fulfilled four of these holy days in the past and how he will fulfill the other three when he returns. Visit TorahTalk21.com to purchase Declaring the End from the Beginning, our past and future revealed in the biblical feasts. All right, welcome back. Okay, Gary, quiz. What is Kathy's motivating verse for her life? Let me think. <laughs> it, would it be, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge? Oh, she Gary, so good. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you in the audience could have answered that question? I think if you've been with us for a little while, I think you could have. <laughs> I, I hope so. You know, that comes from Hosea 4.6. And so that is what motivates me in everything that I do. It motivates Gary and I both and the mm-hmm. things that we're doing with this podcast. But, you know, we're going to squarely today zero in on current issues, uh, current events, current questions that may be going on in your head. Here's some questions that I want to kind of, I think that by the end of today, you're going to be able to answer these questions. One of them is, why are large corporations suddenly going woke? Why did the stock market grow in 2020 and 2021 despite a global economic collapse? Why are housing prices off the chart? Why are Democrats and Republicans spending money like it grows on trees and not worried about inflation? Scary. Why are central banks around the world talking about creating their own digital currency? Why are web hosting and social media sites silencing speech? Why are leading figures on the left calling for stakeholder capitalism? And what is that? And why is it getting harder and harder to buy a house? These are just some of the questions that we're going to address today. But things you may have been looking at that's, you know, you're kind of like scratching your head about. Yeah, you know, it's real and practical and affects everyone in their everyday lives. And so if it does do that, then... We should be talking about we it. We should be. You know, just, just as the Torah, we, we try to bring it on, on a practical level. How does it affect our lives on a daily basis? So, too, all these things uh, are, are very practical and real. And this isn't, we're not trying to spiritualize anything. or, or the, It's not hocus pocus. This is, this is, this this is what we're dealing lives. with. Yeah. Yes, yeah. whether you know it or not. I know a lot of you are really, really busy. Mm-hmm. And you may, you know, be running to work, taking care of your children, grandchildren, whatever. These things are going on all around you and are impacting you, you see it every day when you go to the grocery store. You see it when you fill up your the tank of your car. I have a van, and the other day it cost like $60, and it wasn't even completely empty. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes a huge impact on my family's budget. Yeah. Our budgets are affected, and maybe most importantly, our children are affected. Well, yes, exactly. You know, whenever you're going to start researching a topic like this, and whenever I start researching a topic like this, I do like to go to what I call trusted resources. I... I use lots of resources, and I can go on the internet and Google any question and pull things up. But, you know, over time, I do start to uh, rely on uh, sources that I have found align with my values. Those are ones that where the people value God and they value freedom. They value the uh, American America as it's founded. These are sources that then I value because they align with my values. It's not that I don't try to find out what other people are saying I do, Mm -hmm. you know, but if I'm looking for truth, I'm going to go to these kind of sources first. And I have done that as I prepared for today. No, it makes sense. And then you're being open about who they are. And that's, that's the way it should be. You know, um, you've heard me talk before. I do listen to Glenn Beck and, um, many of you probably do too, not all of you. And that's perfectly fine. Glenn wrote a book called the great reset, and he's been talking about it now for, Oh, six months, seven months, maybe up to a year, this whole concept. So I did use that as a resource. I also used, used the Heritage Foundation, the Epoch Times, Hillsdale College, and I also pulled things straight from what we call the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. I went to whitehouse.gov, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations websites, places like that, so mm-hmm. I can just say, what are they saying about yeah. this? <laughs> you know, it's amazing how, how defensive they get about their own words. 
you know this this uh, what's going on TikTok. today with TikTok <laughs> <laughs> liberals of TikTok their own words what are they worried about if they're going to put them out there for the world to see then they better be expecting to, to that people are going to hear them and people. respond to it I know it's, it's like they don't they they put them out there and then they think people aren't going to see them aren't going to respond I mean it's and, crazy and I was just listening to something yeah. about the libs of TikTok on the way down here and why is it why is it considered hate speech if you repeat if you're just playing what they've said oh, amazing <laughs> amazing sense. you know we've mentioned before uh, a quote by Rahm Emanuel Obama's White House Chief of Staff and he said you know you never want a serious crisis to go to waste mm-hmm. and really that is the motto for the progressive movement Absolutely. in general you know, and what he means is that um, is that it's an opportunity to do things during a crisis that you could not do when the crisis is not there. And what that generally means is that it's probably something people don't want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> would we'll give that away, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. If the, if the massive population would not swallow the things that you're trying to to you know push to them, feed them, in any other in normal circumstances, then you, why is it that you think that you can push it through? And, but they can. But they do, but they they do. do because they, they know do. that they can because yeah. of fear and and that's people. The key. That's always the key. We talked about that before. Yeah. You but know, Prince it, Charles said it's an opportunity that we never had before and may never see again or have again, talking about the whole COVID the whole, thing. I know yes, gonna... the, the whole COVID thing. And I think it's COVID that obviously first started this whole thing. You know, uh, Klaus Schwab um, the, of the World Economic Forum said, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world to create a healthier, more equitable, and more prosperous future. Okay, so yes, they were using the, the chaos of the mm-hmm. pandemic, all right? So they were taking advantage of that crisis. Um, he also said, to achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all, all aspects of our society and, econ- and, and economies, all aspects of our societies and economies, mm-hmm. from education to social contracts, working conditions, Every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they are so important. They are so smart that they can consider they're, they're going to change everything. Every single thing. They, they, they will not leave anything alone. Right. Nothing. They'll leave nothing alone. And they're smart enough. They're the, the elites. They know better. That's the thing. They, they're, they, they, they're the elites. They, they, those, you know, those proles, they're too stupid to, That's to understand. Right. They, 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 they shouldn't have freedom. They're, they're not smart enough. They're not smart enough it. to handle that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that leads us to this whole idea of the elites, okay, versus the rest of us, right? That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. They're, the Great Reset is being led by the elites, okay? There is a class system built into the whole Great Reset. Mm-hmm. It's the elites of the world, the people who are moneyed, who have power, versus everybody else, right. okay? So, you know, this whole idea of the Great Reset was actually launched in 2020, Okay, pandemic, right in the middle of pandemic. And uh, they, the people that were involved in it, you mentioned Prince Charles, okay, mm-hmm. one of them, Bill Gates, Al Gore, Janet Yellen, U.S. Secretary of Treasury, uh, Antonio Guterres, the U.N. Secretary General, General, Jennifer Morgan, Executive Director of Greenpeace. We have the leaders of BP, Microsoft, MasterCard, Bank of America, Verizon, CEOs of all of those companies, all of them involved. Mm-hmm. All of these people. I'm, I'm amazed at the extent that they can get everybody mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. You know, except for Elon Musk. Yeah, he, he is amazing me. I think, uh, I'm not sure, you know, he, there's not all of his politics, of course, we don't agree with, but he is really standing out from the crowd. Right now and he I is. Lo- and I love that. You know, that there's that uh, there's that uh, new uh, phobia called FUMA, you know, fear of missing out when it comes to social media. I think it's almost the same thing with the CEOs of these companies. They know what these, these elites are pushing for, and they don't want their companies left behind. 
you know, if you, we're going to talk about yes. what it will risk for their companies if they don't play yes. the game right, right? Yes. So I think it's that fear of, of being, you know, being an outsider. And, and what does being left behind mean? It means they don't make the money that they expect well, exactly. to make. Exactly. Okay. That's what it's I'm always follow the money. They follow the money, yeah. Always. So they, they want to be right there with it. And all of this is being done, as we said earlier, with fear, the fear tactics, the, the, the global warming issue. The you pandemic. Know, fear, yeah, fear, the pandemic, the fear of your life, the global warming, the fear of the, the glaciers melting and we're all going to drown. You know, they push this fear, 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 fear. fear. And people still today, even with the mask mandates coming down, are still so fearful running around, you know, masks all alone by themselves. I, I, I just saw a woman the other day uh, on, the, on the sidewalk all alone, nobody within, you know, a thousand yards wearing her mask. And right. I thought, and if oh she's my. doing that, think about all the other areas in her life that she's compromised, mm. not living anymore because mm -hmm. of because mm -hmm. of this fear, which is really sad. It is. You know, John Kerry um, is the special climate envoy for President Biden. And in November 2020, he said he was talking about the Great Reset. And he goes, yes, it will happen. And I think it'll happen with greater speed and with greater intensity than a lot of people might imagine. Mm. Wow. You know, so he he. He's recognizing this. He and others are saying this. You know, in June of 2021, you, some of you have heard, I think, if you're listening to the news of the G7, okay, the G7, uh, seven countries, okay, coming together, thinking they're the leaders of the world, and it does include America, and they are some leading countries, and they signed a declaration and resolved to build back better and greener together. So you guys have heard, I think, if you've been listening to the news, you've heard that term build back mm -hmm. better. Um, I want you to keep that into the back of your head. But you know, what are they trying to build back better? This has major spiritual implications that yeah. we're going to talk about later that are just <laughs> fascinating. But I want to remind people that the idea of the Great Reset, the idea of resetting capitalism and resetting everything, um, uh, setting, resetting it, I don't know what they're resetting it to. I think they're trying to take us to someplace totally new. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, I, I think the reset is away from everything that God established. I mean, yeah, I think I that's... Think ultimately, that's where we're headed. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, this is not a left-right issue or a Republican-Democrat issue. What we're talking about is the ruling class, uh, mm. Wall Street, D.C., the Prince Charles and everything versus everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why you can you can look and see uh, well, of course, it's been called the swamp, but uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats, who I, I sometimes sit and imagine it, that they get in front of the cameras and their microphones and they act like they're on opposite sides of the equation, and then they go in some back room filled with cigar smoke and brandy, and they're sitting together laughing at us idiots for you know thinking that they're they're on our side. Exactly, yeah. I, I think so too. You know, Biden announced a uh, Build Back Better plan in March 21 of 2022 okay so this year and i went right on to the like the horse's mouth whitehouse.gov and you see right there under the build back better plan you see things statements like this will be the most transformative investment in children and caregiving in generations can, can i stop you right yeah, there yeah because that, that one that one really jumped out at me when you when, when you uh it's right at the top it. it's right at the top and and you know all i could think i remember a, remembered a quote and he here it is, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll read it to you, and then uh, then you can guess who may have said it. it. Said that the state must declare that the child to be the most precious treasure of the people, as long as the government is perceived perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any curtailment of liberty, and almost any deprivation. Wow, it could be any. Tyrant, I'm thinking yeah, like Hitler or it Stalin Hitler. or Mao. Okay, it was Hitler. yeah. Okay, that. So I see this. This, you know, oh, we got to make sure that we look like we're caring for the children, and we know what they've been trying to teach our children. Uh, yes, that's that yes. just jumps out at me. Yes, it also says, yeah, and like I said, it's the first one up there when you mm -hmm. go to Whitehouse.gov. Says the largest effort to combat climate change in American history. Well, we all know what's going on with that. That's why we're going to the. Uh, that's why. 
that cost me 60 plus dollars to fill up my tank. Exactly, and many are paying a whole lot more. That's right. The biggest expansion of affordable health care in a decade, okay, so that's been going on since Obama, or Mm -hmm. before actually, the most significant effort to bring down costs and strengthen the middle class. Well, that's just a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what it says. The plan is fully paid for by asking uh, more from the large, very large corporations and the wealthiest Americans. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I have. Yeah, right. Yeah, written, right. but isn't that everybody's uh, you know uh, response? Yeah, right. Yeah, I've got I've got swampland to sell you too. <laughs> exactly. I know. As I as I looked at your notes, Kathy, uh, 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 the, the transformative of the of the or the. Uh, children topic i had the hitler quote and then the uh, climate change i wrote fear and then the uh, health care i wrote dependence mm-hmm. and then the most significant uh bringing uh the cost down for the middle class i wrote lie, lie. and then, <laughs> and have then the same the, brain and then that it would be cost i wrote big lie, big lie. oh <laughs> gosh we have the same brain <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Biden, um, very recently, um, about a month ago, he was addressing a business roundtable CEO quarterly meeting, which included the bosses of General Motors, Apple, Amazon, all the biggies. Okay, and he said, now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to. There's going to be, okay, that was a Biden thing. We're mm-hmm. going to, there's going to be, I like where he's going, we're going to, okay? And he switched it to there's going to be a new world order out there. Mm-hmm. And we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Mm. You know, they're not shying away from this concept. No. They, they, they have totally no embraced it. They're telling us, and it is to our detriment for us not to believe what they're telling us. Well, that's absolutely true. They, they, they've said, this is what we're doing. This is our end game. Well, they may not be saying this is our end game. They're saying this is what we're doing, and it's all mm-hmm. for you and for the children and for the environment. Yeah. And, you know, all of these uh, underrepresented classes, we're, it's just because our hearts are so big and we care. Right. You know what? What amazes me too is that they can they can talk about this one world or new world order as if everybody's on board with this and we look around us and I mean look at the war in you know in Ukraine we look at the ambitions that Putin has we look at the ambitions that China has we really think we're going to get everybody on the same page no and we talked about that a little bit Good in our Ukraine uh, episode mm-hmm. where there's this effort in the great reset to get a a world government you know, Putin doesn't want anything to do with that. No, they want their own, unless they're leading the way. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. You know, the other thing that I want people to understand is it is important to always study history. So about socialism, communism, Marxism, and you know, all of that. But I also want everyone to understand that the great reset is not your old socialism communism thing okay it's something different it's different it's, it's it's different than marx and stalin and mao where they had they enforced through violence they threw people into gulags camps killed those oppo- who are opposed not that what we've got can't lead to that it most certainly can but it looks different it looks like a term that I've heard before, smiley-faced fascism. Yeah. Okay, so that's that, yeah, we care about you. That's the idea where we get the nanny state, mm-hmm. the nanny who takes care of you, yeah. okay? Because this is all good, and she loves you, or he, right. or whatever they would say today. <laughs> Them. <laughs> Them, they, exactly. Yeah, and you recruit uh, faces like uh, Greta Thunberg or something to, to, to shame the world to say we've got to do these things because, you know, it's an existential threat to the world. Right. And, right. Uh, we, we've got to care. We've got, we've got to, to care. Know, Everybody's care. Everybody's heart is so big. And of yeah, course, what yeah. did God say about trusting hearts? Number one, I don't think it is their hearts. But no. even if it was, you know, the heart is deceitful above all else. Above all else. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, this 21st century, I'm going to call it 21st century fascism. Okay. More than socialism or communism because it is a combination of the elites always the elites in government and business Mm -hmm. working together to restrict freedom 
but doing it in the name of inclusive capitalism. They still use the word capitalism. Use, yeah, they want to use that because it's again, it's deceptive. Yes. And and I think one of the one of the things we've learned, Kathy, over the years is whatever it is that they're accusing you of is what they're guilty of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, Antifa, anti-fascist, they kept they kept calling the last administration fascist. That's exactly what they yes. are trying to pull off. Uh, uh, yes, really. The the so we have this concept of elites and businesses working together. We hear it called public private partnerships. Mm. Gary, when I first heard this, when um, uh, Trump was talking about it at the beginning of the COVID, um, I was like, "Okay, this sounds good. This idea of the public, the government working with private, we can get things done faster." And now I've come to understand this is not good. This this can be very very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, it was definitely Hitler's strategy yes. and, and Mussolini's strategy when you talk about fascism. Yes. That to to uh, to get that partnership and then uh, then assume control. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We know we talked a little bit about that book, uh, the IBM and the Holocaust, and how IBM yeah. worked with Hitler to carry out the Nazi goals of extermination of the Jews. Mm-hmm. There's nothing good in that public-private partnership. No. That's very, very, very da- dangerous. This idea that we've got of the Great Reset, too, this 21st century fascism, is similar to the Chinese, I'll put quotes, capitalist model. Once again, they use that word capitalism, throw mm-hmm. it in there. You know, it blends corruption, technology, despotism, and corporatism yeah. all together into this big mess of a soup okay Mm -hmm. and and we are dealing with it every single day yeah we are i mean we look you know i'm surprised um when maybe after this episode (laughs) we'll we'll feel the heat more but uh people are being shut down uh unable to speak you know we've we've watched the debacle with with twitter and and other other conservative voices who have been that the attempt to silence them and cancel them um all because of this uh you know that's combination of technology you know so that's what's so dangerous about it this time is that back in the 1930s okay back with not uh, hitler and you know mussolini they didn't have the same type of technology True. that we've got today that's much more invasive mm-hmm. you know they used what they had really yeah. well yeah but they didn't have quite like what we've got today with the right. with the ability to monitor and track every single thing everything. we do and say everything, everything. With the algorithms with with AI. I mean, when you look at you look at uh, your your phone, uh, look at the, the the email that you get if if you're on Google. I don't know, many are on Apple, but uh, you you get a Google map that shows every place you've been in a yes. month. You know, if because there and and uh, anything that you search on keeps popping keeps up, keeps popping up, and they form. suggest something you want to buy sure, or something like sure. that. Whether it be on on your TV, whether it be on your computer, your That's phone, right. it's all going to be based on the algorithm that you know. From That's your, right. Your, your history, your past. So I want everyone to understand when I'm talking about the Great Reset, I'm talking about this move. Uh, kind of of the world is a globalist move toward collectivism and I'll call it soft authoritarianism. Okay, that right now it's soft. They're not throwing people into jail, although they have not let people out of jail from the January 6th yet. True. Okay, and that's that still related true. to Great Reset. Okay, around. so we've got this move toward collectivism, globalism, soft authoritarianism authoritarianism mm. and and why are they doing this because they want to make the middle class all of us that's most of us right uh, dependent on these collective institutions on government pro- programs why make us dependent because they can control us Once you can control yeah. they can control your business is fine as long as you play the game right exactly right? otherwise you, you're in trouble they control everything yeah. what's what's Different about the Great Reset is how is all of this being made possible? That's what we're going to be talking about next mm-hmm. is, is the how. And, and the quick answer to that is the power of money printing mm-hmm. uh, to coerce and control the world's most influence, influential and powerful businesses. 
And we see that, that it allows the government to manipulate society and the economy through these powerful businesses, but it all goes back to printing money. Mm. So that's what I want to talk about now, because, you know, when it comes to like banking and money, that I'm no expert, okay? I'm just going to tell the audience no, right off agree. the bat. We, I'm not an expert. But we're just going to talk about some of the 101s, mm -hmm. okay? And um, just very basic. But, you know, a founding father, Thomas Jefferson, said something oh, it's so insightful. So 1816, I sincerely believe that banking establish establishments are more dangerous than standing armies, and that the principle of spending money to be paid by posterity, our children, under the name of funding, is but swindling futurity on a large scale. Wow, what a prophet he was. Whoa. But they were having this discussion back in all the, the founding. Yeah, they yeah. were having that. Yeah. Alexander Hamilton and all mm -hmm. that, they were talking about this. And the power of uh, printing money, uh, you know, controlling the money supply and so mm -hmm. forth and how much power the federal government should have and so and forth. And spending money you don't have. And spending money you don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit of history, folks. A lot of you have heard about the Great Depression, okay? We know about that in, in the late 1930s. But uh, in 1907, there was something called the Panic of 1907 or the Knickerbocker Crisis. And it was a financial crisis here in the U.S. took place over a three-week period starting in mid-October when the New York Stock Exchange fell almost 50% from its peak the previous year. This freaked the bankers out, okay? They did not like it. And so they felt like they needed to have more control on monetary policy within the U.S. and so that this wouldn't happen because, of course, they're losing a lot of money. Sure. Okay. So a couple years after that, 1910 specifically, we had this kind of, I'll call it clandestine meeting, okay, secret meeting of America's highest profile bankers, policymakers, and they want to formulate a plan to reshape America's banking system. Once again, let's just reshape everything, mm -hmm. okay? And they created at that time a central banking system that's controlled American U.S. monetary policy for more than 100 years. We know it as the Federal Reserve. Most of you hear it as the Fed. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Fed. We hear that on the news all of the time, all the time. Talk about the Fed raising interest rates. They're controlling monetary policy. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't for the Fed doing this, the Great Reset wouldn't even be possible, okay, without this central banking bank turning out. What they end up doing, Gary, is they print money. They decide when we're going to print money, and they just print it. And what's interesting is even though it's called the Fed, it's not, not a federal, a federal agency. Right, right. It's not. It is privately owned by all the big banks. Mm -hmm. So... That's deceptive, and almost nobody understands that. Okay. I've, yeah, I, I know that's that's been uh, all my life until recently, and didn't understand that. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So now you got to really start thinking about the implications of that. What if Kathy and Gary controlled the monetary system, and we could decide for everybody when when we needed to print money? Like, if you and I needed a little extra money, what we would we do? Go print a little bit for us. <laughs> Gary, you laugh. That's exactly what the Fed is That's doing. That's what they're doing. I know. Okay? I know. These big banks say, we need some money. You mean I they can't just, do that, Kathy? Well, you can't do that. I think that would be illegal, but I think it's called counterfeiting if you do it. Oh, okay. Why, why are our rules different than I their rules? I don't know. Huh? I don't know. You know, so, so this is what the Fed is doing. They're controlling our monetary policy. You know, you control the, the money, you're controlling everything, right? Okay, they're controlling monetary policy by printing money. Mm. There's kind of a fancy name for that. It's called Modern Monetary Theory, MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. Um, and it just means printing, printing, printing mm. more money. Okay. You know, in 1971, Nixon took us off of the gold standard. And 
you know, if you, I'm no expert on this. And if you want to know more, you can certainly look into this more. But that, that really destabilized our monetary policy yeah, a lot. Okay. They were trying to do it to try to curb inflation. It was, you know, there was reasons that they were trying to do it, but it, it, it did cause a problem. It created this concept more of, I'll call it funny money. Yeah. Like what's it worth? Is it worth anything yeah, nothing backing it nothing you know, backing it right a value the right there's nothing backing it uh, a value so uh, under this modern monetary theory there are actually economic theorists who are now saying you know we don't have to worry about debt deficits like you know gary you and i have to worry about debt we okay debt, we have right? to pay off our debt the modern monetary theory is like eh, don't worry about that. We can just print more money. It's never. There's never going to be a payday down the road, um, and and that's the way they've been operating. So we see that. We see that because. It, it, it turns into inflation, basically, mm -hmm. right? It's you be know, hyperinflation before. Exactly, long. hyperinflation. You know, so so the question about who's going to pay, for instance, all of these new Green Deal things, okay, that are coming along, that that used to be a question that would kind of rein in our politicians. Would they wouldn't just come up? They would kind of think twice about just crazy, crazy ideas about that would just spend so much money. Yeah. You know, when AOC did her Green New Deal, it failed to earn a single vote. In the Senate, because the price tag, which you know is always the estimates lower than what they what sure. it ends up being, ninety four trillion over ten years, that would be like writing every American a check for two hundred eighty thousand mm. dollars, and the politicians are like, no, <laughs> yeah. we can't do that, you know that that's crazy, and all of my constituents would would cream me on that, you know, if I was going to spend that kind of money. You yeah, know? but then but then they threw all caution to the wind when when we so-called, you know, the supposed crisis. Exactly, hit, right? exactly. And you know what? If you adopt modern monetary theory, none of that matters. You just keep printing money. It doesn't matter. There isn't a payday along the way. You just keep printing money. You know, if you study economics 101, I remember taking economics 101, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids now don't even have to take economics. That's uh, a big it, problem. And it shows. And it shows, exactly. <laughs> I think they're running our government right exactly. now. Exactly. You know, they have uh, issues of supply and demand. And if money is limited, it makes it more valuable, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's not limited, if you print, 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 it's worth less. Yeah, and, you know, they think they're so smart. It, you know, it reminds me of the, the builders of the Titanic. Not, not even God could sink this ship. And they, you know they're not they're not even considering the fact that you know because they think that the the world reserve status of the U.S. dollar is going to save it, but what happens if China, which they are you know really are trying to do, uh, they, they change that internet the uh, international commerce uh, to the yen. And 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 I in that, fact that crushes us. It crushes us. even if it happens with the euro. It doesn't matter which form no, of or currency, the ruble. <laughs> it will yeah, it will destroy um, this plan and the and the economy of the U.S. In fact, there was an article, uh, an op-ed in the uh, Gatestone Institute just just today that's talking about the Saudi Arabia. It says now it seems to be seriously considering selling its oil in the yen. And it, uh, you know, because it, it's, it signifies the extent to which the Biden administration's Middle East policies have left countries such as Saudi Arabia hedging their bets on China mm -hmm. as, the as, as the ascendant power in the Middle East. China, on the other hand, is simply taking advantage of the current U.S. administration's deprioritization of the region and its alienation of stri uh, strategic U.S. allies such as Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. If Saudi Arabia were to break the tradition of pricing its oil with U.S. dollars, as it's contemplating, uh, others would sell, uh, start selling their um, their oil with the Chinese yen and other currencies. Of course, it's going to destroy the U.S. dollar and the, potentially the entire U.S. economy with it. Absolutely, because the only way modern monetary theory works is if people all around the world keep using dollars that right. we're printing. As soon as they stop that, there's no point in printing anymore, okay? Then the whole, the whole, everything collapses, okay? Mm -hmm. This house of cards totally collapses. Now we're talking about their Saudi Arabia considering an alternative 
world currency. Yeah. Okay, um, I've heard that talk even about uh, in um, the Soviet Union with some of this, uh, with all of our sanctions against mm -hmm. them. Them considering, you know, some some talk about that. We're we're talking here about things that are happening right now. Okay, yeah. as act, this is going on, that like impact. No they act like there's no concern. But what I'm trying to tell you as an audience is these things will impact you. You might not want to talk about it. You might not know much about it, but you will notice it. You will be impacted by it. Yeah, it's, you, know? you know, if our economy tumbles, I mean, when you think about what's happened in places like uh, Venezuela, I yes. mean, you know, to take in, in those those pictures of people taking a wheelbarrow full of cash yes. to try to buy a loaf of bread. Yes. I mean, hyperinflation is real. It is and very real. And it could happen real. here. It, they, it, they, it could. And, and we're on that uh, direction right now. You know, they're telling us that inflation is like 8 or 9%. But if we were calculating it the way we were 10 years ago... Um, I was just reading, we're closer to 16%. That's huge. That is huge. The economy doesn't handle much more than that. Right. Okay? Individual households can't handle much more than that. Everybody's feeling it already. Everybody's feeling it. Exactly. You know... Talking about this idea of printing more money, you know, the government has just so many places it can get money. It can tax the working class, okay, you and me, and then hopefully we'll throw them out of office, okay, that doesn't work. They can tax the rich, but you know, the rich always hide their money offshore or something like that. They can steal it from you. They could take your property. They could nationalize industries, and that was done. That's been done in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay, throw people into prison or print more money. Now, print more money is the most is the seems to be the least painful of all of those options, but in the long run, not not so much. Not, not at all. I mean, whatever happened to creating a business friendly atmosphere, and so you build your you build your economy, and then there there's automatically more uh, a tax revenue because of the business is thriving and people. Are thriving. This modern monetary theory does not take that into account, Obviously. and you see that um, you see that also with um, uh, the the war on small business. Mm -hmm. What happened during COVID? You know, there was no concern at all about small mm -hmm. businesses. It was those huge Amazons and WalMarts that were making all the money. Mm -hmm. There was no interest on small business, and you know, I was reading about that. It's a lot easier for the government to control of a handful of large businesses exactly. than millions and millions of small businesses. Exactly. I'm sure that is positively the strategy there. It's, yes. It's too many small businesses. It's too many, too many protesters. Exactly. Yes. So you get them out of the way mm -hmm. and now you can just deal with your Amazons, your Walmarts, right. and you can, you know, that's just so much easier. And many of them have already sold their souls. And they've already sold their souls. Disney, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know how many of you remember this, but uh, between March 9th and March 16th, 2020, okay, right when that whole pandemic was hitting, you know, Trump, Trump had just issued travel restrictions. The U.S. stock market crashed. The Dow Jones shed 5,676 points, which is 20% of its value in five trading days, which is the largest single point drop ever and the worst five-day drop in overall value, except for the crash of 1929. Mm. All right. How many people remember that sitting here in our audience? Good question. I don't remember that. Well, why don't we remember that? We don't because of the Fed printing the money. During the same five trading days, the Fed issued emergency loans totaling more than $1 trillion to 21 major U.S. banks. Mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup. Basically, what the Fed was doing is issuing the banks were issuing money to themselves. Mm -hmm. They were making, it's like you and me, Gary, bank, Kathy and Gary's bank, printing money, giving it to the Kathy and Gary bank. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it's amazing, you know? So um, finally, April 3rd this year, okay, a, a there was information released about this spending that took place. And what we found out is the Fed averaged making emergency loans in excess of $1 trillion dollars every week since March 2020. Not to you, not to me, not to Main Street, not to small business, but to every Wall Street bank that owns the Fed. It's mind-boggling. It's $1 trillion every week since March 2020. 
Wow. That didn't go to us. They just printed it and gave it to themselves. It's... <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's just... It's like, you, it really you just... I, I know. I know. So you've got this great thing going on, the modern monetary theory. Mm. This is great for the banks, okay? This is working out great. They don't want to give this puppy up, okay? True. This is This is working good for them. But there are threats to modern monetary theory. One of them, Gary, you just talked about, the possibility that another currency might become the world currency, mm -hmm. okay? That's a huge threat to the U.S. Fed, yeah. okay? If, if another country, if, if the world starts deciding they want to use something besides the dollar, huge threat. Yeah, we're completely dependent. Uh, and, and they again, they act like that will never happen. Oh, but, uh, it, it, it's, I think it's happening. Yeah. I think it's happening. The other threat, and I never understood this, but, uh, but, but now I do, um, is cryptocurrency. Mm. That's interesting to me because the point about modern monetary theory in the Fed is all banking and monetary policy is centralized and controlled at one point. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency isn't. Cryptocurrency is is all over the place. Okay, it's not, it's very decentralized. Mm -hmm. They can't get their hands on it. It's just like all the small businesses. They can't get their hands on it. Okay, that's a threat yeah. to modern monetary theory, and so you're like, okay, if that's a threat, how would the government deal with such a threat? They could make cryptocurrency illegal. I've heard talk of that, mm -hmm. about making it illegal, always for our benefit, yeah, yeah to protect Protection, us. Right, right, exactly. But the other way is to create a federal digital currency mm -hmm. that can be controlled from one point. Yeah, which sounds probably more likely. It would have less... Uh... But doesn't that sound so 1984-ish, oh, so yeah. like... Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the government having a digital currency, okay? How can that happen? There's just no way that can happen, except for the fact that on March 9th of this year, Biden issued an executive order to develop a strategic plan for, federal, for the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government. Um, the, the, he ordered them to evaluate the necessary steps and requirements for the potential implementation and launch of a United States bank digital currency. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I mean, you talk about total control. He said in this order, the Treasury Department must submit the report within 180 days of March 9th and within 210 days of the order, a uh, this digital currency legislative, legislative proposal must be presented to the president. 180 days? I mean, we're almost there, folks. And guess what? Guess what? If he's asking for it in 180 days, have you ever known government to do anything quickly? <laughs> no. That's because they already have this in place. More, That's why they can like say 180 yeah, days. Yeah. This has been in the works for a while because if the government was starting from scratch, there's no way they'd get this done they in 180 do days. They can't no, do anything true. that fast. Okay. So this means this has been in the works. It is already in the works. Okay. This is the plan in the Biden administration. This is, this is and and future. we're not and we're talking about by the end of this year, even we're we're not talking about 10 years from now, 20 years from now. We're talking very, very soon. So, you know, when they talk about this digital currency, you know, there's the discussion about the currency being programmable, okay? Mm -hmm. That means that somebody programs the currency and decides how much goes into Gary's bank account and how much goes into Kathy's bank account. And it means it controls how do, do Gary and Kathy spend their money? There's where we're headed. That's exactly where we're headed. Yeah. Okay, that's the control that a, a federally issued digital currency gives to the federal government mm -hmm. is now that they can, they can decide where we spend our money. And if you and I want to go buy a handgun, 
how likely are, is that going to be okay See, with them? That this is the control that they, I mean, some of these folks have been craving a way to stop these, this type of activity for years. And this will, this, this will do it. Off. You yeah. don't have to convince anybody of right. anything. You cut off their money supply, mm-hmm. AKA the Canadian truckers. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah, that okay. we saw a, a You protest there. and they cut off your money supply. Mm-hmm. And now how much easier if they control the money supply from a computer, okay, in DC yeah. and they can determine where you spend that money. You want to give money to support uh, you know, a pro-life organization? Highly unlikely. Mm. Okay? Highly unlikely. You want to buy a big gas guzzling truck? Mm, yeah. Don't think so. Kathy, the, the scary part is, is is they're pulling this off, and, and I don't see the kind of protest that we should be seeing. I mean, everybody should have been supporting the, the truckers, and they should have continued to bring them food and, 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 and fuel and whatever it takes for right. that protest to topple a guy like Trudeau rather than have that, that weasel win out. Because it's smiley face fascism. It is. If they were running around, knocking people in the head and dragging them into to prison, it would, would be different. Wrong, the yeah. optics would have been wrong. But this way, people don't see any of this. You yeah. cut it off, and then they quietly go away. Yeah. The end. They still achieve the same goal mm-hmm. in the end. You know. So this is a a massive. Uh, a way of controlling everybody's every single behavior. We've seen it. We've seen it here with the protests, the difference in behavior and reaction to the protests here in the United States. When it was when it was BLM or Antifa, oh, they have a right to protest. When it was somebody, whether it was, if it was the uh, the Tea Party or somebody of that nature, oh no, they're 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 just right wing extremists. That's right. You know, so they don't have to bother about convincing us why their ideas are better than ours. They just cut off our money. Exactly. They, they don't have to have an argument. This there's is no real. need for this an is argument. Real. Uh, this is real. This needs to Absolutely. be understood. You know, there's this term that I think our audience needs to know. It's called stakeholder capitalism. Rather than shareholder capitalism, we talk about stakeholders. Well, you still hear the word capitalism. It sounds a lot like shareholder, but it's stakeholder. Mm. It's very different. What we're talking about with the Great Reset is stakeholder capitalism, where companies no longer focus on maximizing profits for their shareholders, their owners, but now they take into account everyone who might be impacted by their business. That includes buyers, suppliers, the government, interest groups of any kind, the employees. This is what's happening with Disney Disney and the Florida, what they're calling the don't say gay thing, which which we know is just a parental, yeah, parental rights bill. Okay. The employees are stakeholders, not shareholders. Okay. They are determining what Disney is saying to uh, the Florida government, like, Mm -hmm. you know, how we're going to support, they're going to fight against this. Right. That's because of stakeholder capitalism. So let's say that you, um, let's say the powers that be don't like, um, let's say, gas and, and drilling for gas. Okay, fine. If your company is involved in that in any way, shape, or form, okay, you don't get a loan, yeah. okay, from a bank because now you got all the banks controlling everything, mm-hmm. okay? But even if you're a... Um, uh, a restaurant near the place where they are drilling and you want to serve these guys food, you may not get the loan. If you're a trucking company, an independent trucking company that wants to, you know, haul this oil somewhere, you may not get the loan on your on your truck. We're talking about complete control. control. I'm glad you're bringing that up, Kathy, because again, for our audience sake, it's don't think that this won't affect you. Yeah. Your social score now with this this whole idea. ESG. ESG. Let's, like, yeah, let's yeah. talk that. Well, ESG. Let's talk that. What's that stand if for? You're, if, let's say, you know, uh, they, they're saying you have to have solar panels on your house right. or you don't get a loan. That's right. Or you're, or you're driving too big a car. You mentioned That's that right. earlier. Or, you know, you may not. I, I know somebody in, uh, who uh, happened to, to live in Ukraine 
but uh, a re- Uber driver refused to pick her up because of her social score. Maybe she forgot to tip somebody big enough or something once in a while. That's right. Or, or you know, your home loan, your car loan, your business loans, your small, your, everything that you're involved in your whole can life. be controlled if you don't play the game right. That's right. If you don't buy the electric car, if you don't put the solar panels, if you don't, if you post something on social media, they don't like. That's right. Let's say you complain about a government official that they they are protecting. All these things will play into your score and will affect your life. And what Gary's talking about is something very specifically called ESG scores. If you haven't heard of this, you can look it up yourself, okay? I'm not making this up. Environmental, social, governance. It's a numerical score of how a business is perceived to be performing on a wide range of environmental, social, and governance topics, okay? So how does your business line up with all of these woke ideas and woke goals, you actually get a score. They have a similar thing in China right now, a social credit score, Mm -hmm. and they literally cut people off from access to banks and so forth if their score is not high enough. Okay? So now... ESG scores are being assigned by banks and financial institutions to businesses. How far off are we from having them assigned to individuals? Oh, yeah. I think we're, 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 we're there. Yeah, I mean, I we're been, there. Yeah. Okay? You don't think that they're going to assign your score, you a score if, like I said, you uh, support a pro-life organization. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's going to knock knock your score down some? Sure it is. Sure it is. Just this conversation you and I are having. Uh, you know, on a platform of this nature, our our social score just dropped oh, in yes. their their minds yes. because we're actually pointing this out and and uh, you know, in any way protesting it. it. It it is such a real thing. I found something called the Net Zero Banking Alliance online, and this is an agreement by all of these banks, 108 banks, 40 countries, totaling. At total assets of $68 trillion, that's 38% of all the money available in the world, and they're all saying that by 2030, that they'll have net zero, okay, this is that whole carbon emissions thing, mm-hmm. okay, that they're saying that they will not give money to anyone who has in any way, shape, or form, any way, you drive the wrong car, Anything like that. You don't have your solar yeah. panels. Okay. You don't get any money. And look how cool. That's, that's eight years from now. That's eight years from now. There is no way possible that this country is ready for dro- dropping all fossil fuels and all emissions of that nature. There is no way. It will absolutely destroy. It the will. Economy. And they don't care. They this don't is care. not. This is where when we talk in the second section about say, saying, you know, destroying everything, you know, steal, kill and destroy. This is total destruction. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. It, nobody cares. You know, the one thing that has disturbed me is that um, within our, even within the Republican Party, within some conservative groups, um, is this argument that a business can do it's, it's, it's a free market. In a free market, a business can do whatever it wants to do. So if Facebook wants to censor you, they should be allowed. They can do it because it's their business, mm-hmm. okay? Sounds conservative. But Gary, in the United States, no person or business can collude to suppress or remove any inalienable right, okay, from anyone. That's an important fact. Have we forgotten that? Yeah, apparently. Have we forgotten that? Yeah. You cannot have a business, you know, on one side of the mouth, the left is saying, you know, you everybody has to bake a cake for every, right. every you know, uh, you know, gay wedding or whatever. And then there's this other thing about, oh, no, these businesses can do what they want. But what's happening is the right is giving this argument. And I have to stop and ask you, is that... Are we living in a country where people can decide that they can, if their business, they can take away inalienable rights? I don't think so. No, I think that it's got to be one or the other. It's got to be have, one or the other. Both. Now I know nuances and the whole cake mm-hmm. thing. I know that, and we could go down that trail because of religious rights. Okay, mm-hmm. that too. But the whole free speech issue. Okay. That's what the whole Facebook thing is. Yeah. It's a free speech is- issue. And 
we're talking about taking away people's rights. You cannot do that in a business. You just can't do it. Free speech used to be a liberal issue. It used to be something they would defend to death. Now, now it's no. You have to agree with me, or you can't speak. Right. You know, back in the Civil War, there was issues about states' rights. States' rights mm-hmm. are paramount. I agree. States' rights are extremely important, but not when the states are engaging in policies and activities that enslave other people. Okay. Yeah. It's not okay for the states to do that. Right. I mean, and we, it's not okay for Facebook and all these other companies to enslave, be it you know financial slavery or whatever. It's the same same concept. Right. Okay. Um, it, it's just not okay. No, no. I, I think the states. Thank God for the states as a, a firewall against the federal over you know encroachment, yes. federal overreach. Um, but you're right. Freedom is freedom. Freedom uh, is freedom. Abs- absolutely. You know, a couple other quick topics. Um, Klaus Schwab at World Economic Forum said in, t- in 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Wow. Whoa. That goes against every American value principle. Yeah, the, the so-called American dream. Yes. I mean, you know, depending on how you define that. Yes. But for most people, it means, you know, owning goes, property and owning yes. things. Yes. And it also goes against biblical principles because we have commandments about respecting other people's property. Right. Do not steal. Yeah. That implies individual ownership. Okay. Yeah. You know, so there's that concept. Um, your house, you mentioned your house, not green, no loan, no insurance. That's one way they'll get you. Yeah. And I, I may have mentioned this in the audience. I don't remember when my daughter was trying to buy a house out in Texas, they kept getting outbid by these large companies like BlackRock and, uh, you know, those type of companies that are flush with money, banks, buying out houses, able to go in and offer 50,000, 70,000 over what a young couple can offer and they off because it's all funny money and they have it, but my daughter and her husband didn't have it. Right. So now we see entire neighborhoods being bought by these huge banks. They will rent it out. Once again, what yeah. Schwab said, you're not going to own a house. You're not going to own anything by 2030. That's in effect. That's now. They're doing that. Uh, Young couples can't afford houses. Oh, it's unbelievable. And when you think about it, I mean, I, you know, you visited Ukraine. I've been in the former Soviet Union. I've seen yeah. countries to where they have these rows and rows. In fact, the world's seeing them now because they're getting shelled by Russians. But these rows and rows and rows of these buildings that are owned by the government, everybody has this little flat. They call them flats. Mm-hmm. And they're tiny. But you, everybody had something a little bit, but it was owned by the government. But that's that's the same concept here. That was pure communism. That's the concept here is that no, the government will own it all. We'll give you, you know, what you need to live, maybe, and, maybe, and then and then you'll be happy with it. That's right. Shut up and obey. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Oh, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't watched Tucker, that's what Tucker Carlson says. Um, You know, war, can war be used as part of the Great Reset? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it can. In a state of war, people remain in constant fear. They're easily manipulated. Historically, war is used as cover to consolidate power. Not every war. I'm not going to say that. But often, wars, particularly a lot of our more recent wars wars have been used as a cover to consolidate power. Citizens are more likely to exchange their rights for safety and large corporations and investors make a lot of money. Make a lot of money. It's a distraction from the suffering economy. That's right. There's a lot of things war is used for. It's pretty useful. It's used. It can be. And remember 1984, once again, they were in a constant state of Of war war. and you always have to have the enemy and have a fear Mm -hmm. in order to control. Yes. And I'm not saying every single war is like that. And there isn't a war that is worth going for. But I just encourage people to be careful not to be manipulated into supporting a war that may be being used toward this agenda of the Great Reset. Mm -hmm. You know, one other area I wanted to talk about, and that was about the global food supply. Uh, in 2019, there was the Global Assessment Report on Biodiversity and Economics, Echo system services. And they were talking about feeding the world in a sustainable manner entails the, once again, transformation of food systems. Okay. So they're talking about everything from the seed to the plate. Okay. Mm -hmm. Transforming everything. 
um, I that that's it. That sounds scary, doesn't what it? What could possibly go what could wrong, go wrong oh with my gosh. that? When you hear giving that. a few people control over everything from yeah. seed to plate. Wow. Uh, unbelievable. And it, you know anything that the government is in control of. I mean, when you look, take just for example, and I've heard this example used before, but look at FedEx and and uh, UP, uh, the United States you, Postal System yeah, look at compared the, to UPS. And exactly, all that, yeah. you get the you you know government run organization that that is constantly you know in the red. Versus making a profit, That's right. and it's a perfect example Amtrak. of yeah of government run business. Don't, no, it doesn't thank you. work well. No. It, they, they don't the do it well. Never, big, never, never, never works. You know, so you look at we say all these things, and we say, no, what can I do? Now we're going to share in our next episode. So I, I want everyone to make sure they listen about the spiritual things that you can do. But right now, let's talk practical. You can. And you should contact your governor and your legislators at the state level about supporting anti-ESG legislation. It's happening in about 25 states right now. And if you're a state, you need to find out if they've got it. And if not, contact your local legislature and say, would you be willing to uh, propose that type of legislation? ESG, anti-ESG legislation is going to impact every single one of us if we don't get a handle on this. True. Uh, secondly, buy a home and or help someone else buy a home. If you can help a young person get into a home now, I know prices are high. I don't know that they're going to get any better. And I know that there's a lot of financial concerns, but own. You need to own. Bank local. Get your money out of big investment firms that support the Great Reset. You can go to glenbeck.com and search seven big banks. That's a good place to start. Many of you have your money in those banks. Mm. That's a really good place. Divest from those banks. Go to local credit unions that are not involved in that. Uh, plant a garden. Get some extra food for a rainy day. Support local farmers. Very important. Get to know your neighbors. Um, who can you trust? Hmm. Share information with discretion with family and friends who will listen. I'll also tell you at glenbeck.com, you can click on blog and search Great Reset for Dummies. And the Great Reset for Dummies, I will, full disclosure, written by my daughter. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. Written by my daughter. She's but brilliant. but what what it is, it's basically we're all dummies when it comes to Great Reset, including me, right? It's like, how do you handle this as just a normal everyday person with a family and a job running around like a crazy person? How do you switch banks? How do you, you know, talk to your neighbors? What what do you say? How do you handle some of these yeah. things? Well, she gives some real practical advice. Real there. practical advice yeah. there. You know, obviously I do want to end with Torah because, you know, that's what we, we must. do. Um, so let's end with Torah and Psalm two. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The Kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath saying, I have installed my King on Zion, my holy mountain. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead you to destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. I ask you to join us next time as we delve into what the Bible has to say about the efforts of the Great Reset and those who are trying to make it happen. And we're going to talk about God's great re restoration. Amen. That is the thing that we've got to keep our eyes focused on. We've got to know what the enemy is doing and focus on what God is doing and ask, how can we partner with God as he restores his kingdom on earth? Amen. Shalom, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time on Torah Talk. <laughs>